Welcome to Missions Corner. Our goal at Missions Corner is to bring you stories straight from the mission fields, both locally and from around the world, in hopes of inspiring you to get out and go live the abundant life that Jesus has called you to. Still as true today as when Jesus first said it, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Today we join Pastor Bill as he interviews Sarah Troyer. Sarah is a missionary local to Minot, North Dakota. She has done missions trips to several countries in South America, Asia, and even Africa. She has an amazing story and an unusual upbringing that would have made her an unlikely candidate for missions. But as we listen to her story, we'll clearly see God's sovereignty as he guides Sarah's path. Let's listen in. All right, gang. Hey, it's Pastor Bill in KFLK, and I am here with a friend, Sarah Troyer. I've known Sarah for, we think, about five years now. Uh, Sarah is part of the River of Life Assembly of God here in Minot, but she's also, and maybe even more so, a missionary. Uh, She's been in at least nine different countries that we know of, um, (laughs) but recently came back from Uganda, which happens to be uh, near and dear to my heart as we're working on a project there. But she's come in the studio to share her testimony and just to share what God is doing and, and maybe even stir up your hearts for missions. You know, Jesus said in, in Acts chapter 1 that we were to be his disciples in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And uh, Sarah is one who's taken that very seriously on the local, the regional, and international fronts. So good morning, Sarah. Good morning. All right. Thank so, you so much. Oh, my pleasure. It's our honor to have you here. Mm. That, is, that is the truth. So tell me what's going on in your life currently, where have you been, and what's God been doing? Yes, this is exciting. This is my favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yes, thank you so much for having me here. I just got back from Uganda, actually. Uganda was my first time going to anywhere in Africa, and it was amazing. Uh, It was also my very first time going overseas by myself. I had a lot of peace about it, but once I arrived, it was a little scary, mm. but God definitely worked through that. Some of the things he did in just showing his heart for people is so encouraging to me every single time that I go, uh, knowing that his, God's heart is everywhere yeah. and his heart is for people, for souls. So I'd love to share just a, a, a little bit of what happened in Uganda and um, kind of what I did there. The, the main purpose was to train pastors and leaders and uh, we train them on how to share the gospel, how to share their testimony, how to lead others to Christ, and then how to lead Bible study, how to sure. uh, lead them into a Bible study, and give them a vision to plant churches where there are none. Sure. You know, you make a great point here. You go and you help train pastors. Because a lot of people here in America don't realize that in the, in the, in the third world, in developing countries, that, that when a church is planted, often the leadership changes fairly rapidly. Yes. Something happens and the next guy steps up, but he doesn't necessarily have the training, the experience, the insight, or the support right. to really be able to to be used to solidify the group and move it forward. Yes. So yes. you're out yeah. there doing these very things. <laughs> yes. And it's I, I caught this this vision when I lived in the Philippines for a year. Mm-hmm. Was just really the the father's heart you know, I work with CMC, which stands for Church Multiplication Coalition, and their heart and their mission is really that they believe Jesus deserves to be worshipped by every person, mm-hmm. right? Uh, their heart is, you know, to have a church in every village, 
And how they do this is working together with local pastors and leaders, training them how to do this, how to lead people to Christ, and, and then how to disciple them and with the hopes of, you know, eventually having a church there. It's, it's just really amazing because it, the, the grander vision of that is that everybody would have an opportunity to hear about yeah, Jesus. Absolutely. Church multiplication. Yes. Seems almost biblical, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unity. I mean, I mean the, the heart is unity within believers because Jesus said, you know, you, you do these things until, I think maybe it was Paul. Hmm. He said, you know, we work together until hmm. we all come into unity yeah, in absolutely. Christ Jesus. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 4. Yes. Sure. Yep. Um, and, and so, you know, the heart is that we need to work together. Right. Because the mission of reaching every person for Christ is way too big for only one person. Yeah. For one ministry. One denomination for that matter. Exactly. Right. I mean, right absolutely. Yes. And I understand that there are differences, but mm-hmm. we have to be able to work past those as God's people. Yes. For the sake of the gospel. Amen. Amen. That is for sure. So tell me uh, some of the testimonies, what's going on in your most recent trip in Uganda. Yes. So I just got back from Uganda uh, in in December, a little bit before Christmas. Man, there's so much that happened. And the first story I want to share really is uh, this one church. There were around 200 pastors and leaders that showed up for the meeting. Mm -hmm. So when we do a meeting that, you know, lasts pretty much all day, we usually provide lunch. Otherwise, especially in Africa, they won't eat that day. The leader of this group, the pastor of this church, told the pastor that was hosting me that we don't want to buy any food. We want to use the money that you want to use for food and use it to buy cement to build, make the church bigger. Mm. That is unheard of in Africa. Mm. Seriously, like sure. food is, it's a big thing. Like you offer food, of course we're going to accept right. food. But it just really uh, showed me how hungry they were for the word and the pastor even said you know we don't want to eat because it'll just be a distraction we should just do the training straight through <laughs> right food you eat Boy, you get I, tired. I fast just to, for blood work and i'm just dying you know because <laughs> I, I couldn't eat from midnight or something till <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, it just really encouraged me and the amazing thing is you know when we got there they already duck out the part where they want to make the church bigger. They did everything they can mm-hmm. with what they had. And now they're just waiting on the Lord to provide for the building project. And to me, it's like, wow, they're, you know, they're really serious about this. And God really moved through that church. Man, they were there at 8 in the morning. And when we left at 5 p.m., they were still there. Sure. <laughs> they were definitely very hungry. And I think I trained for like five hours straight in this church. Nobody went outside to do something else. They didn't stop for snacks. They didn't take time to, well, you know, it's kind of hot in here and I'm mm. tired. Let me go outside. Check, check their Facebook. Right. <laughs> no Facebook. <laughs> so it was really amazing. They stayed in there and even until the very end. And I love to show you a video of their energy at the very end as we were closing out. So it just really blessed my heart to see the hunger. And it made me question, like, am I really that hungry for God? Am I that hungry for for the word and and to learn? Right. It yeah, it just really blessed me to see them. And then, oh, I I have to share this one. I shared it on my Facebook, a story about Mama Rose. So if any of you know who Amy Carmichael is, oh, yeah. uh, and if you don't, I suggest you look her up. She's an amazing woman that served in India as a single missionary. Anyway, so this Mama Rose, she reminded me of Amy Carmichael. She, at almost 30 years old, was single, had no kids, had no husband, no family. And that's kind of a big deal there. Sure. And so God gave her a dream. 
And in the dream, she had a, a bunch of children. So many children. God told her, I'm going to give you more children than you know. And they're going to come from people that you don't expect. So she had that dream. And at 30 years old, God started bringing children. Mm. Because of her willingness, her willing heart to say yes to God through, you know, receiving that dream. She, at the age of 60 years old, I don't know how many, she doesn't know how many kids have come through her house. But at the age of 60 today, she currently has 30 children that she's taking care of, plus her mother. Amazing. (laughs) And her heart is just to raise up these children in the Lord. Mm. And it's amazing, too, because she has four acres there that she, the children help raise their own food. So they provide for themselves. It's self-sustainable. Right, yeah. And these guys don't even have a church with a roof. They worship under a bunch of trees, rain or shine. <laughs> I love it. I just It's convicting, though. Yes. Because <clears throat> we think we need, you know, air conditioning and mm-hmm. stained glass and all this stuff. And you're like, no. The, the Father's heart is there as much as it is anywhere else. Right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to that church with the 200 people, this church was packed full of people. With no air conditioner, hardly any breathe coming through. And it is super hot in Uganda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it smells like sweat. And it's like, and yeah. I walk out of that church and I'm thinking to myself, wow, I go to America and I sit in a service for two hours and I think, man, it's kind of long. <laughs> I have padded seats. I have right. heat or air conditioning. And I can't focus right. for more than two hours. Right. Very convicting. <laughs> no, it is. But, but what you're saying then is that in Uganda, there are brothers and sisters there who are hungry for God's word, yes. who, who want people to come over, who want to be trained, who want to be poured into so they can continue the perpetuation of the yes. gospel. Amen. But Amen. how can you not go? Amen. How can you? It would be disobedient <laughs> to not go almost, wouldn't it? Yes. I mean, <clears throat> these people need us. They yeah. need you. Um, yes. It's in a different church, you know, after we after we did the training. Uh, there were some questions that came up and and some of them were like, we really, really want to continue this, you know, and but how can we if we don't have a Bible mm. or if we don't have this or we don't have that? And, and the truth is, all you need is Jesus. Right. And sometimes we get caught up in not that money doesn't help us go, but sometimes we get caught up in what we don't have to use an excuse to not do it. Right. Instead of looking at what we already have and using, starting with that, right. you know, because God can multiply. For sure. <laughs> yeah. What's God given you already? You know, the truth is, I, yes. I mean, I see people who, who express an interest to go on the mission field, but they don't want to go unless somebody's paying the bill. And I'm like, right. but God has given you a job and yes. he's provided for you already. What's the, you know, mm-hmm. come on now, what's God given you? Let's begin there. At some point, we have to step out in faith. Yeah, absolutely. Faith is a very, very big part of this journey. Sure. So, <laughs> some great highlights. Yes. But how about some of the lowlights, some of the heartbreaking Ooh. things? Because a lot of times people think about the mission field. Oh, yeah, I'll go and I'll share the gospel and people get saved. And that's true. But a lot of times there's heartbreaking things Yeah. as well. Very, very good question. Mm. So, I would say one of them was I was a little disappointed that not everything went as I had planned. that's the ministry yeah that's missions (laughs) yes you know we we did because of the way africa is in the places we went to we ended up spending a lot of time driving which okay that's fine but you know i had my mind set on i'm gonna train as many churches as i can we're gonna go to as many places as we can 
that ended up not really happening. Like we had maybe four different churches that hosted meetings. Now, now there were pastors from other churches from all over. Some of them traveled a hundred kilometers, right? The Sixty come, miles, yeah. Yeah, to come in for these trainings. I would say that was probably one of them. Another was, I had been warned of the great need that there is a, a really big need in Africa. Um, but to see a child, and it's not the child's fault, hmm. but they're malnourished. Sure. And you see the hunger in their eyes. In the moment, I didn't really process it, I guess, but afterwards thinking about it and just going, wow, how, how can I fulfill such a great need? Right. And some of these children that are orphans, they don't have a mom and a dad, and they're just trying to make it. Right. Hearing the pastor's testimony of how he grew up, he was kicked out of his house basically because he became a Christian sure. and having to fend for himself because even his parents didn't have much. Yes, there were there were lows. Sure. But I think because I set my heart so much on the highs, mm-hmm. I forget about the lows. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, I think someday we go on the mission field to have our hearts broken, too. There's to share yes. the gospel, but our hearts have to be broken. We we, we we live in a in a strange reality in the Western world and especially in America. And that's why I like to get out every few years. I have to just mm-hmm. to get back to the real reality of what's going mm-hmm. on out there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like that you spoke about the, you know, breaking our hearts mm-hmm. being broken. Because just a couple of days ago, I was doing my devotional and that was my my prayer was, God, I can't be so afraid of being hurt and broken right. that I'm constantly trying to protect myself. Right. No, like I broke the father's heart when I was living in sin. When I was running away from him, I broke his heart. So I want my heart to be broken for what breaks his. I want to be um, broken for the the chaos that's going on, you know, lost people that people that don't know. Right. They've never heard the gospel or. Yeah. Sure. They don't they don't have the opportunity to to know Mm -hmm. Jesus. I want. My desire for that to be so much greater than the desire to try to protect myself. Right. I get it. I get uh, it. Yeah. No, I, I applaud you for it, you know. I have to share this one story. Please do. <laughs> so this is more of a funny story, but it brought in the humor in the middle of just seeing the great need. I am the only white person mm-hmm. there for miles around, right? And some of these kids, uh, the pastor, we, we, we met with like 20 kids, and the pastor asked them, have you ever seen a white person before? And most of them said no. Because, again, these, these kids don't have TV. Sure. They don't have phones to see it. Even virtually, they've never seen a white person. So they're right. just like amazed. And <laughs> So the fun funny story is after one of our meetings, we were dropping off one of the pastors, and he wanted us to come in for a little bit. So we, we got out of the car, and as I walked around the back of the van, I there's a little kit standing over here. And I don't think anything of it. You know, by now I'm so used to people staring at me. It doesn't, sure. doesn't bother me. As I'm walking, I said, hi. And I kid you not, this is mm. no exaggeration. He puts his hand out, backs away, and screams. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. And I looked at the pastor, and he's laughing. And I said, do you think he thinks I'm an alien or something? Mm-hmm. Or maybe he didn't think that we speak? I don't know. But it was funny. Sure. I'm like, oh, this poor kid is some white person. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm speaking yeah. a foreign language to him, too. And sure. Yeah, it was, Still, it was funny. Still, uh, the heart of a child. I mean, just, yes. you know. Yes, absolutely. Nice. So 
let's switch this up a little bit. You know, some of you listening may notice that Sarah has a slight accent. Uh, it's 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 no just way. it's ever so slight. But um, you know, a, a lot of us think, well, you know, what could I possibly do? You know, I'm from this background. I'm from that background. I, I'm going to ask Sarah to share your background a little bit. Let people know uh, who you are. Hmm. Who am I? It's a rather <laughs> complex question. And <laughs> it's a very uh, popular question that we, I, I find we get asked a lot here in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, it doesn't matter who I am. Wow. I, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> but I like I it. Because it's not about you. Yes. It's not about you. At the exactly. same time, there's so many people out there that think, I could now go on the mission field or, or you know, yes. whatever. You know, and, and you come from a community that is not exactly mainstream in America. Right, right. So, yes, I, I'll, I'll be happy to share that. I just had to throw that one in because we get so caught up in who am I? Who, who am I? I got to figure out me and I got to figure out my purpose and this. And when we stop focusing on who am I and we focus on who God is, whose am I? I'm mm -hmm. God. I belong to God. Anyways, we could go on with that forever. But uh, so I actually grew up Amish. I grew up in the Amish in an Amish community in Michigan. I I mean I was a fairly good child mm -hmm. growing up, and I tried to play by the rules. And for those of you that you know know Amish, you know that they don't have technology, they don't have electricity, we don't have any of the modern conveniences. And I grew up in one of the, the strictest Amish communities, honestly, where you know everything we did had a rule. I was taught that if I don't follow these rules and if I don't obey my parents, that was a big one. If I don't obey my parents, then I'm going to hell. It was so bad that for a while, I couldn't talk about hell. It, it felt like a cuss word to me. Hell felt like a cuss word to me. You know, as a young teenager, I began to question everything. I'm like wondering, okay, is there anything else out there? Hmm. Is this the only way? Is this the only life? Sure. But because of the stigma behind, you know, I saw one of my aunts leave. And the community just fell apart. Sure. It was just the end of the world. I thought somebody died. Right. That's how they treated it. If somebody left, it was like mm -hmm. somebody died. And yet, to their credit, they do allow for that, right? In my community? Oh, no. No. Oh, no, no get in. There no. are communities that, that do. do allow for that. And, but know, my but... community, they don't. Oh, it's, gotcha. it's not an option. Because I had that stigma, I never thought it would be possible for me to leave. Because I don't want to go to hell. Right. But as I got older, I started rebelling. I started just because I noticed that over and over in my pattern, I can't be good enough. Right. No matter how hard I try, I mess up. So why even try? Right. Got to the point where I said, why even try? Obviously, I, I'm going to hell. I might as well have fun then. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm like, I can figure that out later. Mm -hmm. So as a young teenager, I started rebelling. I started just being super um, disrespectful to my parents, really. And I started getting into, um, you know, doing parties, mm -hmm. drinking, which some people think is unheard of in the Amish community. It's not. It's prevalent. They have yeah. teenagers just right. like you. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> so I started drinking and going to parties. I had, I had uh, headphones and a little iPod. Or iPod. I think it was like a little MP3 player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the little white ones? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had to hide it from my parents, of course, because if they yeah. found it, they destroyed it, which my dad did after a while. He found it from my hiding spot, unfortunately, <laughs> and destroyed it. But at the age of 18, I, I was really so lost, so mm -hmm. broken, and I, was, I just wanted something different. I wanted something else. And so I chose to run away. 
I didn't tell mm-hmm. anyone in the community because if I did, they would have tried to talk me out of it. Sure. And so one Sunday afternoon, I, I ran away. I left. And in my mind, I'll just leave for two years and then I'll come back. Mm-hmm. Well, those two years went by and I did end up going back for a little bit, but I couldn't do it. I yeah. said, I, I know there's more out there. Yeah. I can't live like this. And I heard enough about the Bible that I was convinced that I didn't have to live that religious life in order for God to love me or to, right. in order to go to heaven. Sure. So, but my problem was when I went back, I was running from my problems. Mm. I was running from my personal decisions that I had made. And so when I left again, I moved to North Dakota. No. <laughs> so you ran as far as you possibly could. Huh? Pretty much, <laughs> uh, which was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But I will say it was one of the, aside from, from Jesus, it was one of the best decisions I made because it led me on to the road that God had for me. Sure. And so when I moved here, I totally and completely submitted myself to God and I mm-hmm. said, God, I don't know who you are. I don't even know if you're good. But I need to know what my purpose is. Mm. God, because I, 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 I was so broken, I didn't feel like I had a purpose. I had pretty much my identity stripped from mm-hmm. me because of sure. past decisions. Yeah. With that being said, I just fully committed myself to God and I started going to church and the biggest thing I will tell you, I read my Bible. Mm. And I want to encourage you, read the Bible. Because the Bible is God's word, and it brings to life who he is. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit reminded of how Jesus said, you know, you search the scriptures and hope and think that you have life in them. And mm. it's not in them you find life, but it's in Jesus. Right. And the word of God, the Bible, directs you to Jesus. Right. He's the moral of the story all right. throughout the Bible. Um, so with that being said, my life radically changed. I was baptized within three months because I knew it was the right thing to do. And I just was, I was sold out for Jesus. And I was telling everybody at work and people were like calling me Bible thumber. And I'm trying to think of the other things like church girl and Jane, oh, that's all baloney. And mm-hmm. having atheists tell me that that's all, you know, yeah. but I wasn't, I wasn't swayed. Right. I was so convinced because of the experience I right. had with Jesus right. and him coming in at my lowest point and saving me when I couldn't save myself. Right. Growing up, we didn't know about, I didn't know about missions. Honestly, I was taught growing up that third world countries are scary. You don't ever go there. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that something? Because it's amazing to go to third world countries. And it is. The people are so lovely and so accommodating and friendly. And sure, there's lawlessness, but that's that's America for for heaven's sake, right? You think we don't have lawlessness lawlessness here? Yeah. I said, su- oh, yeah. you can figure out the places yeah, to go to find that. Join Sarah on the next trip, and you can find there out. There you go. So, yes, absolutely. With that being said, I after you know com- just totally committing my life to Jesus and going to a church that actually talked a little bit about missions. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned about missions and what it was. Soon was like, I want to do that. I want to go on a missions trip, and the first opportunity I, by the time I called the pastor, they were already full. But that didn't discourage me. So that's like an encouragement for you guys. If you want to do missions and the first time it doesn't work, don't give up. It just wasn't the right time. And that's how I was. I was just like, oh, it's not the right time. Okay, cool. I'm waiting for the next opportunity. And within six months, I'm headed to the Philippines for two weeks. Sure. Absolutely, completely changed my life. And this is a joke I like to say. When I was in the Philippines, I was bit by some bug. And the bug gave me... A virus mm-hmm. and I haven't found a cure for the virus mm. and I really hope I don't the virus nice. is doing missions yeah 
Ah, uh, like what? Malaria? Is there something I should know? Is it contagious, Sarah? Did you know? <laughs> no, don't worry. I'm healthy. Yeah, yes. yeah. We got bit by the missions bug. Yes, yeah. and and I just I, I can't not go because that's my heart. It's uh, it's the father's heart. He says, "Go into all the world." Yes, I do missions here. I I do outreaches here in my own city. Whatever. Totally. You know, people ask me, "Are you open to do missions locally?" Absolutely. But when God calls me to go, I go wherever that is. Right. Nice. <laughs> All right. So Amish girl leaves at 18, <laughs> runs away, complete identity, because your whole identity is built yes. in that community. That's stripped yes. away. You and come you to also... faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. You go on the mission field, and this whole new identity now is is, is being built into you. Amen. I was going to say, and you also have to remember, or I also want to remind you that when I left, I was pretty much, you know, shunt from my community mm. my community my family because now i'm the bad person if i come back to visit it's they see me as the bad person i'm i'm the devil i'm a really bad influence on everyone there i've made a horrible decision um so i had to work through that and figure mm -hmm. out i was just talking to one of my friends about receiving love i didn't know what love was growing up at all mm. i didn't understand love i didn't feel love i didn't um Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us on the next episode of Missions Corner as Pastor Bill takes us through the conclusion of Sarah Troyer's testimony. At Missions Corner, we pray that this episode has blessed you and fueled your passion for serving the Lord. As our brother Paul reminds us in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Jesus saved us for a reason and a purpose. That purpose is to win people to Christ, disciple them in Christ, and send them out for Christ. You can listen to this episode again for free on demand at the App Store or Google Play or visit us at missionscorner.com. Thank you for listening and we pray that the Lord greatly blesses you.